Blue Chip Sports Network presents Kid of the Game with Eric, Brian, Reggie, and Jordan on iTunes, the Blue Chip Broadcasting YouTube channel, and bluechipbroadcasting.com. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to a rare and somewhat long-awaited podcast of Get in the Game. You're getting the game crew is all here. My name's Eric Davis. Along for the ride tonight is my partner, Mr. Brian Nelson, the kid Jordan here. Santa Maria, and the professor, Mr. Reggie Wright. And we are all here to talk about the opening of baseball season 2021. It'll be a full season. Cross our fingers. And uh, we got a lot to talk about. Y'all know we love us some baseball, don't we, Brian? We do. And, and Eric, we, we would be remiss to not say, well, we're all here. Reg, Jordan, and I are kind of here. You're kind of up there. I uh, am up there. It is. Uh, we talked about changes coming to get in the game. Little did we know what those changes would be. So, yeah. Eric, maybe you should enlighten the audience a little bit on uh, some of the changes that we will be doing these pretty much all Zoom and remote now going forward because, mm-hmm. I mean, we'd love to come, have you come down and do them at the house, but that's quite a commute. Yeah, that would take me a while. We have left the beautiful confines of the Central Valley and find ourselves in uh, the place nobody wants to go to, beautiful Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. I am sitting on literally a bluff overlooking Lake Coeur d'Alene as the sunset goes down, uh, su- uh, snow-covered mountains just across the way, and about 55 to 60 degrees outside. I'm a happy boy. It is beautiful here. And uh, sorry, y'all can't be here. Well, Eric, uh, if, it, if it makes you feel any better, I'm sitting next to a cardboard cutout of you <laughs> for this uh, this podcast, you know? Just oh, Eric, I've got a picture of us doing a game over to the side that one of our interns gave us. Jordan, what about you? You're, yeah, you're, Eric, you're gonna you're gonna have to send me one because now I'm feeling left out. I got I got no picture. I got hey. I got no cardboard cutout. I got nothing, man. I, I said you a picture. A it may haunt you in your dreams. It. <laughs> so tonight, gentlemen, let's talk a little baseball. Opening day, and and I there's only one place I can go for this. Opening day is how many days away, Brian? When we tape this, it is nine. When it is launched it's going to be launching in two days before opening day so in two days less than 48 hours we will have the first pitch of the 2021 baseball season on april 1st rather than what was it last year july 20 something so this feels a little bit more normal yes it does so let's take a look at this and let's break this down it's been a long time since we've gotten to talk baseball um, and why don't we start this discussion in the American League East? And Reg, I, I know your love for the for, for for all things East Coast baseball, in particular the Yankees and the Red Sox. So why don't you g- give me your take on uh, what the American League East looks like this year? Uh, you know, Eric, it's it's. I think it's going to be. You know, we're so accustomed to see the Yankees and Red Sox up, up near the top. I think the Yankees have a very good squad. Um, but really Tampa has made some noise recently and, and Boston has kind of fallen off the map a little bit. So there's some chance for some parody, believe it or not in the East and, and Toronto's young. Um, they've got, a, they've, they've kind of built a solid core. Uh, so it's, it's not the typical looking AL East this year. I think there's okay. going to be, I think it's going to be a little more interesting. It's a little deeper. 
I know Brian's head's about to explode because he's thinking he's got to watch 18 games of Red Sox Yankees on ESPN. And I, he doesn't do wrong. well with that. They should not have one of, not one of those games should be nationally televised. That is a mismatch constantly. But here's what I look at in the American League East. You have four teams that have minimal pitching, especially in the rotation. And then you have the Tampa Bay Rays that have more pitching than probably the other four teams combined. And so I think that's going to be very interesting. Tampa Bay, who went to the World Series, and if they not take Blank Snell out in the sixth inning when he was cruising, who knows, they might be the defending World Series champions. They have pitching. They're a little lacking on offense. Everybody else can pretty much swing it. They're going to be a lot of slow-pitch softball scores in the American League East. A lot of 11-8, 10 4-hour games. And so I, I think the key in the American League East is which of the teams, excluding Boston and Baltimore, but between the Yankees and the Blue Jays, which of those two teams can get the most consistent starting pitching? And they're the teams that are going to be able to battle with Tampa Bay. So, Jordan, I'm assuming you got Baltimore this year, Ben. Oh, man. I think AL East, it's, it's a three-team race, kind of what Brian's talking about. You got the Yankees, you got the Jays, and you got the Rays, right? Um, I think a team that is going to be exciting and possibly can make some noise in the AL East and definitely, I think, is going to get a wild card spot, and I, I know we'll get to the predictions later, but is the Blue Jays. Um, I think Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is going to have a breakout year. I mean, we already saw what he can do. You got Bo Bichetti, another young guy who who's going to be a big-time talent. And then they added Marcus Simeon, and they added George Springer. So when you add two guys like that, um, that are veteran bats, you know, that, you know, you pair that with all the young talent you got, you kind of got a mix for something really special. So I think, again, like I said, I know the Yankees, you know, with everything they're doing and, you know, all the power and the pitching and the star, you know, power that they have are going to be exciting. The Blue Jays are going to be right there. Um, to make noise um, as the other team right there with the Rays as well. And I'll so give I got you one more name. Excuse me. One more name for Toronto. Nate Pearson, probably the best rookie pitcher in the American League. Throws a hundred consistently, and so you match him with guys like Hinjin Ryu and Stephen Matz and some of the other guys that they've brought up to the Robbie Ray. Yeah, Roark and Matt with Ryu. Yeah, so then and now Pearson, Pearson has that stuff. The rest of the guys are old school pitchers. He's got stuff. He may be their number one pitcher by the end of the year. And if he is, they got a good chance. I think Jordan's right. They got a good shot to make the playoffs. So if we're talking about the Blue Jays, you know, you got you got Guerrero, Biggio, and Bichette, all three with pretty famous dads that played the game. But I will tell you this, and, and Brian, I think you hit hit it on the head with their pitching. I don't love the defense at all. Look, look at look at what gloves they take out into the field, and I think they have issues defensively, but they are incredibly athletic. They'll be able to hit the ball some, and uh, I think their pitching by the time the year is over isn't going to be but about a step behind Tampa Bay's. Yeah. And, I, and I think bringing George Springer over is a big deal. Yeah, you know, another issue with uh, that Toronto's going to have is they're not even playing their games at home for for the foreseeable future, too. So No, they'll be know, in Dunedin, no, and then I think early May they go to Buffalo, I believe. Yeah, so you, you kind of wonder how much that plays into um, or what kind of effect that has on a team, especially a young team like that, um, not really having the support of a home crowd or, or not being able to 
um, really set up shop. You know, you're always kind of living out of a suitcase. Um, I mean, you know, baseball players are used to that, but I, I think that does play in a little bit uh, oh, so. to, you know, their ability to compete. But I still, I still, I like their roster a lot. And Eric, you're right. They defensively, they, they may struggle, but I, I do expect at some point to see a significant maturation from a lot of these young players, you know, Biggio, Bichette, uh, Guerrero, they've, they've been around for a, about a year and a half now. Uh, so they've, you know, they've had their taste of the big leagues. It's been more than a cup of coffee. They've um, had a chance to kind of go through that sophomore slump potentially. And I, I would expect to see them take a, a big step forward. You know, I think, I think in Toronto this year, if, if, if you look, they are really concerned about a hubcap shortage. And when you're looking for hubcaps in Toronto, just look around the infield of the Toronto Blue Jays because that's what they're using for gloves. Um, let's talk a little bit. How long did it take you to write that one down? I, I've been working on it. I've been working on it. Man. Um, let's talk a little bit about Baltimore. And I mean a very little bit about Baltimore. Name one starting pitcher. Go. Yeah, that's what I thought. Means Aiken, Kramer, Lopez, and Zimmerman. Those are the three, their five starting pitchers, none of which have really done much. Um, and then I, I'm going to ask you the same question. Go ahead and name any three players that are going to start. Any three. Trey Mancini. That's one. Give me, give me two more. Chris Davis he, still around? He's not going to start. <laughs> you know what's saying about him, though, the Royals? He's cashing yeah. his checks. He's the thing about the Orioles is, is like even the young, you know, the young kids that are playing MLB the show on all the video games, like you're never choosing the Orioles ever. Like no. you're not even trading for anybody on the Orioles. Hey, I know I'm better know the name of their top prospect than I know anybody on their team. That's Adley Rushman, the catcher from Oregon State. He's one of the top three prospects in all of baseball. And that's exactly one more name than I know. So, <laughs> so let's hey, move hey, off thing, to Baltimore. Before, go ahead, Derek. I was going to say, let's move off of Baltimore because I just don't think they're, they, they may be a 60 win team on their best behavior. Um, let's talk a little bit, bit about Boston. And again, it'll be very short. You know, some of the hitters I think have potential, but this is not your daddy's Red Sox team. No, and I'll tell you a guy that if things go south and they decide to completely reboot, a guy that could get moved, and I'm going to walk me through this, or I'll give you my logic. You're going to have all these shortstops available next year, right? They're going to cost tons and tons of money. Yet they have under contract for a few more years one of the best shortstops in baseball. And if you're looking at getting a haul of young players, Xander Bogarts, if things don't go well, he could be a guy that could get dealt in July and bring you back a major, major haul. And then you don't have to deal, you know what the contract situation is. And if you're a team that is trading from strength in a deep farm system, you could really, really set yourself up nicely because he's young and super talented. Yeah, okay, so so I, I'm not totally ready to give up on the Red Sox and think that they're going to be horrible. I mean, they, they don't have – I mean, I, I look at them and I see a lot of guys – um, who had, who had, who've, you know, strung a couple bad years together or whatever, but, but that really still have something left in the tank. I think like JD Martinez, for example, still on the roster, still capable of hitting bombs. Uh, they he's got half a step. He, he's just a half a step ahead of Chris Davis. 
no, no. See, that's where I think that's where I think I think that's how the baseball world is kind of looking at him now. But I still think he's got the ability to to get on base. Uh, you know, have an OBP over over three fifty. I think I think uh, Bobby Dahlbeck is a good young player that they're bringing up to put on first base. Um, they still have Chris Sale. I think Tanner Houck is a is a, a young, good, up and coming pitcher. Um, Brian mentioned they still got Bogarts, they still got Devers, they still got Verdugo. You know, they they have some young talent, and I, I I'm just not ready. I don't think that they're going to tend contend for the East Crown, but I don't. You know, I wouldn't be shocked if they won 80 games this year. You know what they remind me of, Eric? They remind me of the 2018 San Francisco Giants. A couple, you know three years, four years after their most recent World Series championship where you kept the guys together to make one more run and then that run never happened. Yeah. And now you're stuck with bad contracts and aging players and in their case, no healthy pitching. None. Let's 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 talk about their 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 nemesis, the New York Yankees, real quick. I gotta be honest, I don't love them. I, I, I think well, they've got mash. some power in that dinky ballpark. They'll mash. Yeah, no, I think they got power with judge and Stanton Sanchez vote Hicks. Um, and, and then Frazier, I think is going to be a key player for them, but they really need it. it I, I think they need to have Luke Voigt have another year like he did um, in order to be as good as they think they can be. Well, well if you Eric, like, I, I, go ahead, oh, Brian. No, no. I'm sorry. I was just going to say that I think the, the the biggest thing is that they changed their pitching, right? I mean, adding Kluber and Talon is going to be kind of their two guys that they're crossing their fingers, like Brian's doing right now, right? They're crossing their fingers that they made the right investment. I mean, when you go and get those two guys, it says one thing: we know we can hit, but we have to pitch. And those are two guys that have been big names in the past, and you hope that you know they can recreate some of their, you know, all star type pitching that they've done in previous years. But Jameson Talon has never really blossomed into what they think he could be. And Kluber is three years away from any kind of a year at all. And then you've got Severino coming off of his severe injury. Got Herman and all of his problems. I mean, it's a rotation that could be really good. Or it could be Garrett Cole and dig a hole. (laughs) How long have you been working on that one? About five seconds. There you go. <laughs> so how about the one team that we haven't talked about yet, Tampa Bay? Crown them. Hey. Crown them. Hey. Local connection. Local connection. Joe Ryan, former Stan State, all you know, all everything pitcher. He will pitch for them for a you know serious chunk of time this year in that rotation in some way, shape, or form. And he is a special tennis there. I believe Eric, their number seven prospect. So their little, little, little local connection there was with Stan state and uh, Tampa Bay. Yeah. He, uh, he, he showed that he could pitch when he was down with us and uh, just to seeing him take it to the next level is going to be a lot of fun. My question for, for you three is, is Randy a race, a Rosarena for real or was last oh. year uh, 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 just a figment? Oh my goodness. He's for real. I, yep. I think so. I mean, that guy can mash. And I'm not talking about he he just hits for, you know, Jock Peterson pop-up power. I'm talking about that guy hits laser beams. Like, I, I think he's the real deal. I think he's going to break out again. And I think he's going to have huge numbers. Um, and can he get rookie of the year this year? Is that yep. right? 
he didn't. I don't think he. he, uh, he didn't no, no, he only, yeah, no, no he, he didn't qualify for. Last he didn't qualify, qualify last year, so I mean, it's a me. He's, he's not going to he, be the leading candidate. He wasn't on anybody's top prospect list, so that's why I'm questioning it. Oh, and he Eric came out. Was on, he was on Tampa's top prospect list. They no, knew he wasn't. If you've got one of the best prospects in baseball, you don't go share it with everybody. And doggone it, he is the real deal, and he better be the real deal. Otherwise, I want my money back. Uh, the the sixty five bucks that I paid for my Randy Rosarena jersey should be here in the mail by opening day. Uh, if you only paid sixty five bucks, you got a serious knockoff. <laughs> you know, t- it's Tampa, actually more of a t shirt. Tampa has well, I didn't want to say it on the air. It's it's underwear. You know, it's thong underwear. Was <laughs> it? But so Tampa is in a situation where they may end up with two uh, rookie of the year candidates because they also have the best prospect in baseball in their farm system in Wander Franco, who is going to be called up at some point this year. And so, you know, I think I think I love Tampa just is is brilliant in, in how they conduct their baseball business. They're always competitive. They've always got young talent. And they're ju- they just keep turning it over, and, and we're heading into another window right now where Tampa has a shot to win it all. I'm just not sure why you think Franco's actually going to show up for him this year. I mean, he is named Wander for a reason. You just never know. <laughs> oh, 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 wow. Rare form tonight. And you, you got... You got it going tonight. Like, hey, you're, hey, hey, do they laugh you're going all nine innings. Do they laugh at that kind of stuff up there? It's that cool, crisp, healthy air, guys. It kind of clears everything out for them. Oh. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll make our predictions on the American League East in just a little bit. Let's move into the Central. And um, let's just open up by saying Kansas City and Detroit have no chance and you know where. Kansas City. Agree or disagree? Reg? No, I agree. I mean, I think I think Detroit Detroit's a ways away. They've got some good young talent, but they've got – I mean, they're still hanging on to uh, old <laughs> old what's-his-face. Uh, Miguel Cabrera. Uh, Miguel Cabrera and his $38 I mean, million dollar contract. Yeah, $38 million. Sure and it takes him – so, you know. it, take, it takes him 38 seconds to get down to first base, too. I mean <laughs> – I know. Hey, Miggy M- M- had his years. Hey, let's take it easy. Take he it did, easy. But... Oh, yeah. Great, great <laughs> player. Just not 2021. That's not his year. Um, so after we skip those two teams, oh, who again. Uh, let me jump in on my resurgent little Royals here. Oh, stop. They're going to score runs. I, their lineup is good. And their pitching is about two years away. So, you know, they were good in what, 2014, 15, 16? They'll be good again in 2024, 25, 26. Who knows? We might have another Giants Royals World Series in the middle of the decade. Just won't be this year. I'm just not even, I can't see it. I can't. But let's talk about something we can see. Let's start in the Midwest with the Chicago White Sox. There is a lot to like here. Loaded. They're loaded offensively, they are loaded in the starting rotation. And they now have a lock it down. I can do it the old-fashioned way, or I can just pitch one inning closer and Liam Hendricks. I'm most to me the thing that the White Sox is interesting is the fact that 76-year-old Tony Larusa is their manager, and Larusa was brilliant with the A's and the Cardinals. That was a long time ago. And this is a very young, vibrant. Um, very I'm trying to think of the word I want to use 
very out there with celebrations and so forth in their per- very flamboyant in their personalities. And that is not LaRusso's old school baseball. It'd be very interesting to see how that plays out over the course. Not of only the that, year. Brian is the game has changed significantly mm-hmm. since he's been in the dugout. You know, everybody is so um, metrics centric. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see if he, he makes an adjustment there or if he, you know, kind of brings some of the old school back and goes more with a gut feel or what, you know, uses the eye test as opposed to, you know, looking at all the numbers about like what got, you know, how, how this guy hits after eating spaghetti for lunch and all that stuff. You know, how many times he, you know, hits to the right side and 35 degree weather and all that, you know, like there's so many metrics now. Um, and, and every team is so dependent on those numbers. I, I kind of think, you know, I think LaRusso will kind of bring some of that old school back and I think it'll be beneficial for the, for the White Sox. And can Cleveland play with them, Brian? Cleveland's going to be a lot closer to the Royals and the Tigers than they are going to be to the Twins and the White Sox. Really? Yeah, I Lindor to me is so much more than his statistics. He's the heart and soul of that clubhouse, and I think that loss is big. And Carrasco though he had been ill and hadn't pitched a lot the last couple of years. He's good. Now their starting pitching is outstanding. I got to tell you, I think their starting pitching is some of the best in the league. It is. The problem is you go Bieber, you go Bieber, Plezak, Savale, McKenzie, and Quantrill. And then you got Karen Jack, Parker and Whitgren in the pen. You're not going to have to score a ton of runs. But you got to score one. And outside of Jose Ramirez, there is nobody in that lineup that makes you even pause. Well, 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 hold on there, Brian. I mean, I, I think, uh, you know, I think Jose Ramirez probably overperformed a little bit at the plate last year. So he may have a little bit of a, a regression, but I think Eddie Rosario, Fran Mil Reyes, uh, guys like that, Oscar Mercado all underperformed a little. And I think if they can kind of return to their norm, they may be able to, cover up some of the hole that Lindor leaves in the lineup. But I do agree with you. I think, I think more so than his, his playing ability, um, Lindor's kind of one of just like one of those glue guys that, that keeps everybody up and on their game and, and makes, makes going to work every day fun. And they're going to miss that. There's going to have to be somebody that, that kind of fills that role. And I think until they figure out who that, who that is, they, they might struggle a little bit early. The last team to take a look at here in this division. Let's take a look at Minnesota. And Jordan, what do you think about the Twins? Uh, I really like the Twins. Um, they're another team that can really hit, right? And uh, I think the addition of Angleton Simmons in the middle of the infield is going to help them a ton. I mean, he's been probably one of the best middle infielders for a long time. And for a team that can really hit, adding something like that in the middle of the defense is going to help them a bunch. Um, so I think they're right there in the mix with you know the White Sox and the Twins to kind of duke it out to see who can get the central. I think they have perhaps one of the best young outfields in the game. Kirilov, Buxton, and Kepler, all young and skilled. And and, and I like what they bring uh, on, a, on a daily basis because those aren't the guys that you're going to platoon. Those aren't the guys uh, that are going to sit and, and take games off for, you know, game management. Um, you're you're going to have a nice heart of the lineup. All year long. Here are the two, to me, two key guys for the Twins, Eric. One on the mound and one in the field. Barrios has to be a dude. Mm-hmm. He's got to be an ace. 
if Kenta Maeda is your best pitcher, I like Kenta Maeda, but he can't be your best pitcher on a team that's trying to win a World Series. And second of all, Josh Donaldson has got to play at least 120 games for two reasons. A, that's a lot of he, he brings a lot to the to the lineup and a lot to the field. He's still a good defensive player, but it allows you to DH Miguel Sano and not have him play the field. And that's a big deal defensively as well. So to me, Barrios and Donaldson, I think, determine whether the Twins can, you know, retain that AL Central title or if they could potentially be on the outside looking in when we get to October. Once again, we'll come back to this division and pick our winners in this division and playoff teams out of the Central. But let's move out West, where again, for the third time, I think it is safe to say that at best, it's going to be a three-team race. I do not see Seattle and Texas uh, able to hang in with these guys. There is not a single household name on the Mariners squad. And the biggest story in Texas is the fresh start for David Dahl and the development of Isaiah Kiner-Falafa and Joey Gallo. And is Joey Gallo going to get traded and when? Not if, when is he going to get traded? But and Gallo's I mean, a big man. Careful Gallo's because, you know, you're man. in Mariner country now up there, so be careful. Don't write off the, the M's. Uh, they got a couple of nice young players. Kyle Lewis, Rookie of the Year. Jared Kalenich might be one of the best young outfielders in baseball. Mm-hmm. I did. They don't have any pitching, so I'm not sure how they're going to stop anybody. But they, they're a team that's probably two, three years away, and they're going to have money available to them in the next couple of years where they can go out and get some free agent starters. It's a good place to pitch. So they're, they're another team middle of this decade could be good, but for this year, no chance. I'm also not liking Houston, Reg. I, I just, these aren't the Houston Astros of or of your, and they're going to have to cheat to win. Oh yeah. They've already tried that. Sorry. <laughs> so I, I mean, you know, I don't want to like kick a team while they're down or whatever, but you know, they were going to once. They kind of came out. Then they got then they got caught red-handed doing it again uh, later. Uh, you know, I just think um, you know I, I wouldn't be surprised if they try to do it again. I mean, I, I think I they've they've lost a little bit of shine off of that gaudy roster from a few years ago. Yep. Um, but I still think they have enough to be competitive. I think they'll make it interesting, but I think we might be seeing kind of a, a, a passing of the baton or a closing of of their their uh, playoff competitive window um, in Houston. And it opens the door for a couple, a couple other good teams. You know, you've got yeah. the angels. When, when's Mike Trout going to finally break through um, the A's who've been, who've been really good for several years now. So it'll be interesting. I think it's a fun division for sure. Wait a minute. When is Mike Trout really going to break through into the playoffs? The, the man play- has been an MVP <laughs> candidate and MVP winner for years, Reg. I think maybe he's broken through that glass ceiling somehow. How, how many playoff wins does he have? I'm talking about playoffs. When, 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 when will he break through into the postseason? That would be zero. He has zero. Yeah. Does that he, diminish him as a player? No, no. not at all. Not at no. all. So – Let's talk about it because I think what it, it does come down to the Angels versus Oakland, and and I think Oakland's going to hit, but can they pitch? Well, yes. I think they can pitch. Can they get the guys they want to pitch healthy enough to get on the mound to pitch? That is really the story with the A's. I mean, Lazardo, Puck, Montas, they got this new guy Dalton Jeffries they really like. Um, 
AJ you know, Puck is back. And Fires is already hurt. I mean, that to me is the issue. I think that their bullpen is going to be solid again. It's going to look different names, but they're still very, very quality pitchers. You know they're going to hit. You know they're going to play defense. It's can you get those young guys on the mound thirty times each? I don't know. Guys, I I think the A's are taking a step back. I know, like you know, we're all kind of on the bandwagon here, but I mean, they lost a lot. Like if we look at what they've lost just this coming into this season, they lost Liam Hendricks, who was probably one of the best closers in baseball. Right? They lost Marcus Simeon, who's been a guy, um, you know, kind of turning the corner and you know hitting over three hundred. Okay. Stop there for Davis, just a second. Hang they, on, hang they've on, lost hang on. some guys. Hang on, stop there for a second, because you're right. They did lose Liam Hendricks. They only picked up Trevor Rosenthal. Trevor Rosenthal, not a bad switch, right? You're yeah, right. They did lose Marcus Simeon. They Hendricks. picked up. They picked up Andrews, right? That's to me. That's pretty. That's pretty close to even. And yeah, Ooh. they lost Chris Davis, but Chris had he was not the same Crash Davis or or Crush Davis that he was years ago. So I'm not necessarily sure in what you're gonna get. You're going to get bounce back years from Olsen and Chapman. Both of those guys are going to be much different than they were last year. My my, my big issue, though, I, I, the Simeon Andrus one, I don't think that's close, Eric. Come on, man. Simeon is a different player, and Andrus is on the end of his career. You know, Simeon like, had one good year offensively. One. It was a really good year. In a stud. He's got power. I, I'm with Jordan on that. I think I think that's a step backwards. I think. I mean. Old Elvis. I mean, he's. he's I think it's a big step backwards defensively. Yeah, my my problem with the A's is that is is being good good enough. They've always been good, right? They they've been good for a long time, and they they won the AL West last year. They've been doing their thing, but again, it hasn't been good enough. And how many years left? You can you keep Olsen and Chapman with all these big contracts that they got? They're going to face eventually if they don't do it. It's it's going to blow up. Here's, Jordan and here's I were the talking, thing. and Jordan, we said that the A's window, it's closing. If it doesn't happen this year, it may be transition time again. I, I see. I think with the A's, it's always transition time. I mean, that's just kind of <laughs> how they do business, and they they find all these guys with you know fourteen syllables in their name and say, "Hey, come you know come out, come throw throw some bullpen stuff for us," and then and they just show up out of nowhere. So we're gonna see guys come out of the woodwork. The A's are going to be competitive. They always have guys that step up and, and overperform. You know, they added Sergio Romo this year. He's, he's a guy that's been washed up for years, right? He's going to, he's going to show up and post a 1.58 ERA with a, you know, a 0.97 whip and just be the strikeout King that he, that he once was. They just, they just have a tendency to do that. They find these guys, they show up in Oakland and all of a sudden they're re-energized. I mean, I'm, I'm with Jordan. I think they lost some key pieces, but I just, I, I've learned to never sleep on the A's because they, they just find guys that, that have a tendency to overperform. I'll give you an under the radar signing, Mitch Moreland. Yeah, exactly. There's just, where's he going to, he's going to DH. DH. So let's talk about the angels though. I think I think you're about to say see Shohei Otani go off. I think Trout will be back to MVP. Bundy's going to continue to prove as the ace on the mound. You've got a lineup of Stasi, Walsh, Fletcher, Rendon, Iglesias, Upton, Trout, Fowler, Otani, and uh, perhaps their biggest pickup, 
is their closer, Raciel Iglesias, now. That, I think, is a big deal. I don't like their I, rotation, but nobody's rotation this division is very good unless the A's can stay healthy. No, but if you if you go Bundy and Otani, and Otani pitches like you think he can? Uh, Otani's a huge question mark. I think anything you get from him, you got to consider bonus. I think they're a team. I think the Alex Cobb acquisition is interesting. I think he could be pretty good. And they'd be a team that goes, if they're in it in July, can go and spend some money on a starting pitcher via trade to try to put them over the top. You know that they will be successful if Albert Pujols goes for 45 home runs. Just saying. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yes. Yes. Uh, Okay. Here's a question. Who's going to get more at-bats as the first baseman? Albert Pujols or Jared Walsh? Jared Walsh. I'm going Albert. Forget Jared Walsh. Albert, Albert, Albert's the name, man. Albert showed he could still hit a little bit last year. Come on, give him, give him his dues. He he can oh. still get it done. Oh, I, th- I I think he'll get some time at the DH, but I think Walsh is their first baseman. I they want Albert to DH. They want him to DH. The problem is Otani. Otani has to DH. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I'm a little, I'm a little hesitant on Walsh. He, I think he's still, you know, he came into the league. They, they, they draft him as a pitcher and he was going to be a two-way guy. Um, and then that, then that kind of fell apart and they stuck him at first base cause he could, he could hit. But I mean, last year was kind of his, his best performance in the organization. So I think he still has some things to prove before they, they uh, use pen to write his name in the lineup part every day. You know, I think, He's still firmly a penciled-in player. But, again, I just don't think the Angels address the starting pitching issue, and I just think over 162 games, you don't have consistent quality starting pitching. You make your – you're always climbing uphill. That's just my take. I, I, I look at a team like the Angels, and they're a prime candidate for a deadline acquisition, though, Brian. So well, that's my point. Be- that's why I said you're, they're going to have to. If they're going to compete yeah. with the A's and the Astros, yeah. they're going to have to bring somebody else in. Yeah. And I think they're the type of team that does it, especially if they're close. If they can keep it close through the first three, four months of the season, um, you'll see them make a move or two. Mm-hmm. I agree. They're going to have to. So let's move out of the American League. We'll come back to them when it's prediction time. Let's go to the National League East and move through these guys. The National League East, I find pretty interesting. I uh-huh. think there are teams throughout this division that are pretty good best division in baseball. And I don't think it's close. I, I would agree Top to bottom top to bottom. Thank you. That's I was, I was headed that way. So I'm, I'm, I'm glad to know I'm not crazy. Uh, Brian, let's start with you and let's start with the Washington nationals. What do you love about their lineup? Their lineup. Um, I think Schwarber is going to be interesting to see just a different place, just a different location. Um, Trey Turner is one of the best players in baseball nobody talks about. Juan Soto's a star. Victor Robles is going to be a star. Uh, you know, they brought Zimmerman back. That's always interesting. I don't know how much he's going to play. Uh, they're a good team. Carter Keboom is the key, though. If he can solidify third base and hit even a little bit, uh, I think that's going to help them. And if their big dogs stay healthy, if they can run out Scherzer, Strasburg, and Corbin, 25 to 30 times a year this year, 
that makes them really, really tough because those guys are nails when they are healthy. And if they're healthy, Washington's going to be, they're going to be there at the end. I'm not sure they're going to win anything, but they're going to be there at the end. Right. Or all, all of this up to everyone. I got a question for you guys over under. Okay. So the, the Nationals picked up John Lester this year, right? Over or under three times that he throws to first base to hold a runner close this year. Over. You're going to see more. So. You're going to see more stolen bases in baseball this year. Over. Okay. Okay. I think he's he's got to fix the problem because you are going to see more guys run. I thought you were going to say, Reg, over under a number of times John Lester gives up less than five or four runs in a game, and you put pick three. Oh, no. <laughs> that would be over. That would be over. <laughs> That's brutal. <laughs> How about how about let's take a look at the Phillies? This is what I think about the Phillies. I, I think they're like from Cheers. Everybody knows their names, but can they all perform to their baseball cards? <laughs> That's my question. So what you're saying, Eric, is the individual parts may be better than the sum of the parts? It could be because there is not a single player on that. Well, out of their 26-man roster that they're going to open with, there might be four or five names that you've never heard. Every other name is somebody that has done something, supposed to have done something, um, or, or contributed somewhere somehow. They're the all-name team. I, I you know, Without but they have to perform to their baseball card. Who do you guys think is the most important player on on the Phillies this year? Like, who could be the guy that will break out? Like, I'll, I'll give you one guy that. I wish he would because I really liked him when he was with the Giants. Can, can McCutcheon come back and give them something? Like, can he give them anything? I mean, he's been hurt for so long. If he hits 275, 280 and, and kind of gives you gives you some innings in the outfield, even though he doesn't have to be the guy over there, they have other guys that can fill in, I think he could be a big catalyst for something they can do. Yeah. I think yeah, the key think- with McCutcheon is, he, he again, kind of like Lindor, he's more valuable than just his statistics might tell you. They were playing really well two years ago, and then he blew out his knee. And they went in the tank after that. And it's not like his numbers were bad, but they weren't all-star numbers. So I think the more he, if he can give them 110 games this year, I think that makes a big, big deal for them. Yeah, for me, I think I think Reese Hoskins is is important. You know, he's kind of the anchor in the middle of their uh, middle of their lineup. He gives Harper protection. He gives Real Muto protection. Um, and he was a guy, you know, that, that when when he first came up, everybody was talking that he he was the second coming coming of Ryan Howard. You know, he hit forty to forty five homers a year, um, and he had a year like that, and then he's kind of uh, he struggled to reproduce. Uh, at that level. So I think if he can get back close, um, if he can, if he can hit 30 to 35 homers and hit, you know, 280, uh, I think they're really, really scary. So trivia, trivia, what college did Reese Hoskins uh, attend? Sacramento state. Right. He's a Sac Sac state Hornet. How about, uh, how about the Mets? I think Lindor automatically makes him better. Um, but what else they got? I think the Mets are a little overhyped because they're in New York, but I agree. I think Lindor probably gives them an extra five wins, three because of his talent and two because of his personality. I just, when you're relying on Syndergaard 
to come back from Tommy John. Never been a huge Marcus, never trusted Marcus Stroman as a top of the rotation guy. DeGrom's a, a stud. He's an absolute dude. And Edwin Diaz is your closer. That makes me nervous. But they're going to score runs. They're, they're going to kick the ball over the place unless it's hit to shortstop. But they're going to score runs. When DeGrom's pitching, they're probably going to win 80% of the time. I, I don't know. They're a team. They could win the division. They could finish fourth. They're real mercurial to me. Brian, I think the guy the guy that matters a lot that, that that'll probably be coming back late April is Carrasco, right? Um, he's another guy Maybe. like you're talking you're yeah. talking about the pitching problems, but if he can if he can get back to what he was, I mean that guy was a stud. He was he was an absolute stud. He can deal and he can kind of you know relieve you know the Strowman issues if he's not you know ready to go and if he's not pitching to his standards and he can give you that that one two punch with with Degrom if he can get there once he gets healthy. No, and, and he's a great story. I mean, overcoming <clears throat> cancer and ju- just a, and a good guy. It, it's unfortunate that he's already hurt, but those type of things always make me nervous. But here's the thing, too, in that pitching staff, even though DeGrom is a stud, you can't call him young anymore, right? No. He's right in the prime of his career, right? Sure. But you look at Carrasco, at Stroman, at T- Taiwan Walker, at um, Syndergaard, these guys are all, most of them, well past that age that you would consider prime. Syndergaard's still probably at the very backside of that, but he can't. He, he got to be healthy. Yeah, okay, I don't we'll know. Like, personally, I, I like I like their pickups in their rotation. I think they did just enough. I mean, um, I love Taewon Walker. I think he's. I mean, he's not going to be an all star, but he's. Uh, he's consistent. You know what you're getting. Um, I love the Joey Lucchese pickup from the Padres. He was Lucchese was slated as the Padres number two behind Denilson Lamette a few years ago. And then um, he had some injury issues last year and, and ended up struggling a little bit, but I think he could, I think he could bounce back and be a, a solid addition to their rotation. Um, you know, not, not an ace, but a, but a solid number four. Uh, and with with a lineup like they have, I mean, shoot, I'm I, I'm looking at Pete Alonso, who's who's probably going to hit forty to forty five home runs this year. Dominic Smith, um, golly, the addition of Francisco Lindor. I mean, they've got sticks up and down the lineup, so it's not like they have to have, uh, you know, an all star pitching staff. So I, well, I, I like them. I think they're going to be. Re- I I think they're going to be real competitive. Well, let's move on from the Mets and let's talk about Reggie's Marlins. Um, They came from nowhere last year. My question is, do you guys believe that they are one hit wonders or are they going to be back in contention? We'll start with Jordan, move to Reggie and then grab Brian. Uh, Reg, I know you're going to find me on this one, man, but I I just, I I think it was a a, a one hit thing, man. I, I know that was your big, you know, your big puzzle that you put together um, before our, our preview last year and you shocked everybody with the, with the Marlins, you know, pick, but it was a shortened season last year. I think it was kind of made for a team like the Marlins to come in and surprise some people. Right. But now that we're going into something where there'll be a little bit more, you know, back to basics, back to a regular schedule, it's going to be hard for them to keep that momentum that they had. Um, I mean, I love, 
I love Sixto Sanchez, right? I mean, I think he's a stud, and I, I think they have some talent there, and I, I know they have some guys. But when you're when you're in a division in the NL East with with some heavy hitters, it's hard to maintain throughout a a full length season. Yeah, I you know uh, to be honest, the only reason they made the playoffs last year, right, is because they had an expanded field. <laughs> Um, and I knew that that would be part of it going in. I, I like this team a lot, but I, I, I don't like them yet. I think that they're about two to three years out. They have a lot of young talent that was able to put it together just long enough to, to get in an expanded playoff. Um, this year though, Jordan, I think, I think you're actually right. I agree with you. I think you're going to see some guys go through some sophomore slumps. Um, but I do think that they have pieces to be excellent in a, in a, in a perennial contender within a couple of years. I do like, uh, Sixto Sanchez. Um, you know, he's a future ace. They're probably going to, you know, he's probably going to be their second, maybe third best pitcher this year behind Sandy Alcantara, maybe Eliezer Hernandez. Um, I really, I love their bullpen, Anthony Bass, uh, closing games out, uh, Uni Garcia setting him up. They James Hoyt's solid. They've got some really good bullpen arms, which is going to keep them, around for a while they just don't quite have enough to get over the hump but watch out for these guys in a couple years because they're young they're good and they've, they've all got bright futures yeah sanchez alcantara and lopez is going to give you a really strong one two three at the top and they got more good talent coming uh brian anderson's a good corner infielder uh, you know starling marche is is the center fielder he's probably a guy that's going to get moved at the deadline because they probably can pick up a few more pieces. Uh, they're not ready to win yet, but give them a couple years. Mattingly's done a good job with them. Uh, you know, and, and last year was invaluable for them to not only make the playoffs, but beat the Cubs. You know, and then they met their match in the Braves. But, you know, I thought they they comported themselves well, and I think that's going to help them in the future. Well, I tell you what, you mentioned the Braves, Brian. I love their young talent. Pache, Riley, Albie, Swanson, Acuna, and Freed. Those guys are all really good players and I think that's what helps propel Atlanta and 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 my question though is can Ozuna repeat the year that he had because he was critical to their success last year well and can he complete can can do it again Eric as the starting left fielder not the DH one thing we haven't talked about no DH in the National League this year and I think there's two teams in particular that it hurts in this division more than maybe any other teams in this league. And that's the Braves and the Mets, because each of them truly has a DH in their everyday lineup. Ozuna having to play left field and Pete Alonso having to play first base. He's a, a poor off it, a poor defensive first baseman. Ozuna is a poor left fielder. And it also keeps a guy like uh, another young stud coming, Drew Waters, it's going to keep him in the minor leagues for another year or two until the DH comes because there's no place to put him. And so I think it's going to be very interesting to see how that impacts some of these teams. Ozuna in particular that really relied on that DH last year. And that's not there anymore. Well, the national league East is certainly a team. I, I I'm certainly a division that I can't wait to see how we're picking it when it comes to our picks, but let's head out to the central. And um, let's talk a little bit about the National League Central. And I think there's a couple of teams we can kind of kick out right away again. And, you know, that's Pittsburgh, the Pirates, no household names, but they do have one of the best young players in the game in Cabrian Hayes. 
Yeah, he's a great third baseman, one of the great young new third basemen to come up. He will probably be rookie of the year. And I think he is a guy that is going to be really special. He just doesn't have a whole lot of help. And Eric, another local angle, Blake Cedarland, former Pittman High School uh, player, Merced College, in line to get into the bullpen and possibly be groomed as the closer for the Pirates over the next year. Just had to go under, will be undergoing Tommy John surgery later this month, and he will be out for the year. So a very big disappointment. Another local kid that we're not going to be able to enjoy, and he would have made the opening day roster and been an integral part of that bullpen. So uh, they still have Kevin Kramer, another Turlock kid, so keep an eye out for them. Outside of that, no other real reason to watch the Pirates. No, no. How about Cincinnati, Jordan? What do you think about the Red Legs? Uh, Cincinnati, I'm just sad for my guy, Joey Votto. I mean, another big-time talent that's been stuck. I mean, I don't, I don't want to say stuck, but he's been loyal to his team, right? And they've been shipping guys out. I mean, like you said, Iglesias, their closer, big-time closer, just got shipped out. They really don't have much else other than Vado. Uh, that's kind of how it's been. And, I mean, hopefully, you know, either he gets traded out or he's going to go red for the rest of his career. Um, hopefully they can, you know, find some pieces to get him into the playoffs. Yeah, they just don't have a whole lot. How about uh, how about let's take a look at the Chicago Cubs and you know Reg, I I think they got lots of potential, but they're all coming off of some tough years. When you look at Javi Baez, Chris Bryant, and Jock Peterson, yeah, but I think um, I think that that's what allowed them to get Jock Peterson at a at a relative discount. Um, I think he's a great fit for them. He's going to love hitting in Wrigley Field, especially when the wind's blowing out uh, towards right field. Um, he's a he's a big stick in the middle of that lineup that that needs a little youthful energy. Um, and you know, I, I still they they still have relatively the same core that took them to the World Series a few years ago. Their pitching's not quite as good, uh, or it's a little older. <laughs> But I still think they have enough to be competitive. I, I like the ad in Peterson. I, I mean, you know, Chris Bryant's still an all-star. Javier Baez still an all-star. Anthony Rizzo still a really good player. Um, you know, I, I think they, in a, in a division that's not really chock full of a, like nobody's really loaded, loaded with talent, um, I think that they'll still be competitive and they'll be knocking on the door of the playoffs. Uh, Eric, they're actually my most disappointing team in the National League. I think they're going to be a train wreck. I do, too. I don't think they can pitch. Reg, can you name me a starting pitcher not named Kyle Hendricks? Well, Arietta's still there, isn't he? Well, he's back. Yeah. yeah. I'm not Zach sure that's a Davies. good thing, but he's back. I mean, it's, it's Kyle Davies. But, yeah, he, I mean. That, that's what I meant. Yeah, they're not. I mean, but they still, I mean, they've got Kimbrell. I mean, you know, they still have some guys. That, I, I don't know. I'm I just I got a feeling that could go south really quickly. Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm not ready to put them to bed just yet. I think they'll still be competitive, but but they're not going to be the Cubs that we're used to. Well, that's good. It's only eight twenty-two. It's not their bedtime anyway, so we can keep them up a little longer, <laughs> and and uh, they'll be happy. How about the Brewers up in Milwaukee? Can Yelich bounce back? Oh, I think Yelich is going to have a big year. I love the Jackie Bradley acquisition. They got him for two years for not a ton of money. It takes pressure off of Lorenzo Cain. He can play a corner outfield now instead of having to play. He can play left field instead of having to play center field. I like their team. I think Hiura moving him off a second, getting him over to first base where they can use his bat and not be so worried about his glove. And they have the, you know, such a knock, you know, drop. I can't think of my words right now. 
lockdown eighth, ninth within the guy's name all of a sudden left me. Great Josh Hader. rookie of the year. Huh? No, Josh, Josh Hader, Hader is the other guy. It's the right-hander that missed the playoffs, but it was so good. I can't think of his name right now off the top of my head, but he's a stud. Their back end of the bullpen is, is amazing. Brandon Woodruff, one of the most underrated pitchers in the game. Uh, I think they got a chance to be really good. They're going to cause problems in this division. Not sure they're going to win it or not, but and Craig Council knows what he's doing. They're they're going to be tough. You talking about Perdomo, uh, Brian? No, I'll, I'll give you the name. You guys talk about the Cardinals, and I'll come back. Unless you want to talk about the Brewers more, and I'll get you that guy's name. Okay, well, let's go to the Cardinals. <laughs> well, <laughs> let's hey, go to the Cardinals Eric, while Brian does research. Eric, I love the Cardinals. Um, obviously, the acquisition of of Arenado is huge. I mean, to me, you have probably the one of the best third basements in the game and then you have your probably the best first baseman in the game and that's that's eric's boy uh goldie right, right. So, i mean they have the star power um they've been right there for a long time um and another guy kind of a local connection um who i think might be a sleeper who could be a rookie of the year candidate is going to be dylan carlson uh elk grove high school so i guess not too local but sacramento right he's another guy that they're big on that can break out um, big time lefty bat that could really hit. Um, so I think with Arenado and then possibly him kind of breaking out this year, they can be at the top of this division. Well, I think they also have one of the best starting pitchers in the game as well with Jack Flaherty. Yep. He, uh, he is truly an ace. No, he is. Oh, by the way, Eric, it was Devin Williams. Okay. From Brewers. He's the eighth inning lockdown guy. And I'll tell you the, you know, but don't forget, Jordan Hicks will be back this year throwing 105. <laughs> will be locking down the back end. Uh, Cardinals are going to be good. They're going to be good. And I think Aaron Otto's, he's going to prove that Coors Field was not why he was so good. I think he's going to, and he's, unlike when Goldschmidt went there and he was all the, the talk, Goldschmidt's still there. So... You know, Arenado, it's not, it's a big deal, but it's not as big a deal as it was maybe when Goldschmidt went there and put a little pressure on himself. I think Arenado's just going to plug right into that lineup and just mash the ball. Well, and I'm the just, great I'm... news is, as Giants fans, we only have to see Arenado and Goldschmidt six times a year instead of 19 times a year. And they killed the Giants. They are that just was my giant point. killers. That is my point. But here's I, the thing I think that's yeah, underrated it's really, about. It's really going to suck when we play the Cardinals. <laughs> and now they're both in the same spot. I just, I, I think a lot of people are just thinking about Arenado and Goldschmidt for their offense, but they are both the best defensively at their position as well. Uh, they both got range. They both, they can do some things at the corners um, that other, other teams don't have. Let's move on to the National League West. And uh, we will go ahead and we'll kind of do what we've done throughout the other five divisions. And over under the combination of Colorado and Arizona wins at 130. Over or under? Under, not because of Arizona, but I think Colorado is going to be abysmal. Reggie. Hang on, I'm. I'm running out of fingers. Just a second. Half I know. Nobody said there'd be math. I know. Half of 130 is what? 65. So, oh, I think for of Colorado and, and Arizona together. Yep. 130. Yep. I think they're over. I think they're over. But, I mean, it's not going to be pretty. Um, I mean, I don't see. I mean, I see. 
They got to play 19 games against the Dodgers and the Padres each. They they play each other. They play each other, don't they? There's that's nine wins apiece. Yeah, I mean, goodness, I 130 is so low, man. I just don't see if if that's the case, Eric. If that's the case, San Francisco may get into the playoffs because that gives them another 10 to 15 wins. I think that's awfully generous, but I, I, mean, I just the match just done done that up. I think they are. I think they are two of the worst teams in the National League. Jordan, one hundred and thirty plus or minus under, just like Brian's saying. I mean, add up yep. all those losses to the Dodgers. Add up all those losses to the Padres, and and we sure hope the Giants beat them up a little bit. So definitely under. So let's I mean, let's go ahead them, and let's, they might get ten wins total when they play the Dodgers and the Padres. Ten, and I'm, I think that might be high. That's ten and yeah, twenty. I'm saying over, man. I, I think that's pretty low. I, I don't mark see it too. down. Mark God, it God. down. Let's talk a little bit about uh, the Giants, um, and, and just because we're we're there, and to me, the 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 Giants, you know, last year kind of middle of the road, right around that 500 mark most of the year. I'm thinking that's about where they're going to be again this year. I didn't see there's not massive additions, not massive subtractions. Uh, will they be a little bit better? Maybe in some spots, but you know, I, I don't think Whistler is one of those additions that actually swings the bar. I don't think um, that Tommy Lastella is one of those additions that just swings the bar. And I'm not sure Jake McGee as a left-handed closer is necessarily your biggest answer either. But he's better than what they had put out there at the closer position last year. Yeah, that was that was my question. It all comes down to whether or not Trevor Gott sees the mound in, in the late inning. Because if so, if he sees the mound. It better be the sixth inning, and then better be down eight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you can give him you can give him another eight losses if, if he's if he's out there with the game. So Eric, let's let's do a quick little scenario here because you're talking about how much better they are. Are they better at catcher now? Yeah, I think they are significantly. Uh, just forget the offense, just defensively, they're significantly better in calling a game. I think they are. Bell's still at second. Are they better with Lestella at second? Or the Lestella-Solano combination, is that better than whatever they had, Solano and whomever last year? Probably. Probably a little bit. Is Crawford going to replicate what he did last year? Yeah. Don't know. I think he could. I think Crawford could. Longoria? Push again. Let's call it push. Sure. At best case, Dickerson's he's on the downside. So you'd ex- wait. He's on the downside. So you got to anticipate a little bit more regression again. Okay. Dickerson and Slater and left. Slater actually able to play the outfield, not just DH. Yep. That's Dubon, the same. I would. I wouldn't be shocked. A little bit better in center than he was last year. A little bit. You hope he's gotten a little bit bigger, maybe a little bit stronger, maybe. And. Do you figure your strength season at least be able to be as good as he was last year? I think that's a big ask right there. That is a big ask. So I think the bullpen's better. We'll call the lineup a push. Uh, Defensively, I'm I'm worried when Belt and Longoria can't play because it's not good. Mm -hmm. Um, Starting pitching, I have major concerns. I don't think the rotation is very good. And if Gosman doesn't pitch great, they're in real trouble. Because if you're relying on Aaron Sanchez and Alex Wood and a 
30-something-year-old Johnny Cueto. That's, that's just that's just it. Their starting lineup, I think, Jordan, they're betting on the come on all of those guys, right? That Cueto can get back to Cueto, that De Scalfani can figure out how to throw, that Logan Webb will develop, that um, uh, yeah, all of these guys are kind of, ah. Yeah, honestly, Eric, I mean, I think this year is going to be the, the last hurrah year. I know we've been kind of talking about it for a long time, right? We. We all were, you know, we love Brandon Crawford. We love Brandon Bell. We love Posey. We love all those guys that brought all the banners, right? But with those contracts coming up at the end of the year, I think the Giants just didn't want to make too much noise this offseason and don't, you know, not doing anything that didn't make sense, knowing that they're going to be able to spend next year. And I think, you know, the, the Descafani edition, the Sanchez edition, um, some of those guys were kind of like the lower end. We'll keep, we'll stay competitive. We'll keep it afloat, but you know, let's see who can stick. And then next year, let's make some noise and spend. I mean, that's, that's what I'm waiting for the giants to do. Honestly, I've been I keep Posey on a, on a two year, what? 24 million. And well, that's the rest right of what them, I was thinking, Jordan. That's exactly the rest of, what I was thinking. The rest of them. Let's just uh, put those jerseys up in a frame and just kiss it goodbye. <laughs> okay. Cause, uh, I'm ready because the Padres and Dodgers are looking really good right now. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've kind of got the feeling that Reggie's a marionette right now. <laughs> I, he is bopping up and down and moving all over like somebody's controlling him with a stick. Oh, sorry. I've got, got, I've got his pants. <laughs> My computer is sitting on a, on a mobile little stand here and I've been moving the stand. Oh, I couldn't tell if it was the stand or you. Probably um, on Zoom. Yeah, I would like to think the Giants will be better, but I'm I'm not sure I can go there. I'm I'm it's going to be fun to watch them, but when you are in a division with perhaps the two, what I would consider two of the best teams in all of baseball, and you got to play 38 games against them, you've got yourselves an uphill climb. Let's start by taking a look at the San Diego Padres and um, you know some of the things that they did. With that starting pitching rotation, they're if coming they stay to healthy. Dodger. If they stay healthy. But here's the thing. Even if they don't, Eric, they got guys like Mackenzie Gore yep. waiting in the minors who would be an ace or a top two or three starter for most teams in baseball. And he can't even get on the, on the into the rotation, even get on the mound in San Diego because they're so loaded. I think a guy who's important for them, if they actually want to win the division and and leapfrog the Dodgers, at least when it comes to playoff positioning, Chris Paddock has got to be better than he was last year. He cannot be a 500 pitcher with an ERA of four and change. He has got to be dominant. I will disagree with that, Brian, only because he's their fifth starter. Yeah, but I don't trust Darvish to go 30 starts, Snell to go. I just don't see. I think if you get 40, to 45 starts out of those two guys combined, consider that a, a win. That's It's not 60. They're good, and when they get out there, they'll be good. But they don't have great track records of putting in back-to-back-to-back years of a lot of starts, and we're coming off a 60-game season. I don't know. That's why I think Paddock is key. He's got to be consistent. Because I don't know what you're going to get out of Lamette. You don't have Clevenger. I'll tell you the guy who could be really good for them might be their best starting pitcher by the time the year is over. Joe Musgrove. 
came over from the Pirates, got out of Pittsburgh, which guys tend to do well when they get out of Pittsburgh, a.k.a. Garrett Cole, Jason Schmidt, the name too. Uh, he could be, might, he might be their ace by the time the season ends and they get into the postseason if that happens. Just, just saying. See, I'm interested to see, Brian, I'm kind of going the other direction. I think a shortened season with all this time that they've had off, I think that's good for, for more so the pitchers than the hitters. Um, you know, there's something to be said about rhythm in baseball, but sometimes, I mean, you know, that's more so for, you know, offensively guys, guys need to see pitches, live pitching, you know, to stay in rhythm and all that. But, but for pitchers, you know, to have this little break where they have a rest, you might see a resurgence from some of these guys that have been, been around for a while and have kind of fallen off like Blake Snell, you Darvish, uh, you know, from all around the league. Um, Adam Wainwright, Jake Arietta, all those guys, Corey Kluber, all those guys that were really good, like two and three years ago, um, that are now getting a little older. Uh, you might see, you know, a, a late career resurgence out of, out of a few of them. So, I like Jordan. I, I will tell you that I like what the Padres have done in their bullpen. I think the pickup of Keone Kayla from Pittsburgh. I thought you were going to say Mark Melanson. No, no. (laughs) Melanson is going to be, he's okay. But Kayla and picking up Drew Pomerantz and, and keeping Pagan and Stamen and then add Melanson into that. I like their bullpen too. So I'm not as worried necessarily about their starting pitchers staying power because I think they got some guys that'll come in behind them. You know where the scary thing is, too? Because we've talked about their pitching. we talked about Gore, who won't be up at least the per- first part of this year. We haven't even talked about how scary their lineup is. Oh, gosh. And they still have one of the top infield prospects in all of baseball in C.J. Abrams. He's probably going to be the second baseman sometime this year. And I'm not saying he's Tatis, but he's really, really good. And, and, and I know we've talked a lot about pitching with the Padres, but if we're just talking regular season, just based off their offense, they are going to beat a lot of teams. Oh, yeah. They are going to outmash so many teams, and all their pitchers are going to have so much run support. It's, it's going to be unbelievable. I mean, they went out and spent more money this year, right? And they already have Machado and Tatis and Myers, and they got all the names, and they're going to literally just crush the ball all over the field. Well, just and look at Jordan. They're they're also very athletic. You've got guys like Grisham, and this Abrams guy I'm telling you about, Tommy Pham. They run the bases. They can steal a bag. They are patient. They don't strike out a ton. I mean, those are all things that are really important. There's impressive an offense as there is in baseball. Well, yeah, and you look at that lineup. Austin Nola, probably one of the best young catchers in the league. Eric Hosmer at first base. I like Jake Cronenworth at second base. I really do. Manny Machado at third. Fernando Tatis at shortstop. Fam, Grisham, and Myers in the outfield. Those guys all have credentials. Those guys all can play the game. I love that lineup. Oh, I, they're good. They're good. The only problem is <laughs> playing the division with the team that's about 100 miles north of them who's Really, really, really good, too. Yeah, and what they did, picking up Trevor Bauer to put in that starting pitching lineup. That's unfair. That's ridiculous. That's just like, that's literally like 
if we're if we're watching Star Wars, that's like that's like when Anakin went to the dark side right there. Like just <laughs> took Darth Vader and literally just it's it's just over. Like what is that? Uh, you know, it's sorry, get- that's and that that's what I talk about with the Giants. That just it just hurts my feelings, you know? Like I know we don't have that money, but still, like that's just that's just well, crazy. The thing is, Jordan, is we do have that money. We just haven't been spending it, or we've been spending it in the wrong places. But I think, oh. I think uh, we're we're on the precipice of something great. I think they've kind of been saving their cash for next year. But right, in terms here, of Dodgers, here's my here's my question about the Dodgers: What is more impressive, their pitching, or their lineup, or their defense? Because it's all scary. Every part of it. <laughs> I think they have some holes defensively. Where? I, think, uh, I don't think Justin Turner is great at third. Nope. I don't think Corey Seager is great at short. Nope. Um, uh, I don't think Max Muncy is terrific at first. No. No, he's not. Pollock's not super in the outfield. Pollock used to be. I, I think if you're, if you're going by reputation, I think his reputation exceeds what he currently can do. Yeah, I think I think Bellinger and Betts are two of the best outfielders in the game. But outside of those two guys, really, um, Will Smith's a good you know, catcher Chris, too. Chris Taylor plays a good infield, but outside of those three guys, I don't know that their defense is all that scary. Um, offensively, though, but every yeah. single guy that I just named, uh, you know, you could almost put together the entire National League All Star team with just Dodgers. Okay. <laughs> I mean it's. Here's my question. Who would win? A National League All-Star team or an All-Star team of the Dodgers and the Padres? The All-Star team of the Dodgers and the Padres. I can already see how they fill in each other's weaknesses. It's, yep. Yep. I, um, I know. That team would be ridiculous. Yeah, I would I would take Machado at third base. I would take Tatis at shortstop. Oof. I'd move right? Osmer, I'd move Seeger to second. Yeah. I would uh I'd move Bellinger to first and put Grisham in center. There you go. And Betson, Betson, right? Betson, right. I think you stick um, with Smith behind the plate. Who you got you, you got Bauer, Snell, Darvish. <laughs> oh, and you guys, you, you left out the best one of them, Bueller. <laughs> you got I know. Bueller. <laughs> oh, yeah. You got so, Jansen at the end. Jeez. Here's the thing: who was the best Dodger? reliever in the playoffs and especially the world series last year it was urius right he's slotted right now as the number five starter if they have to put him as the closer oh gee we lose our fifth starter oh we'll just replace him with dustin may who throws 98 to 100 and has a wicked slider oh we need him somewhere else we'll bring tony gonsolin he throws 96 and he's got maybe better stuff than me it's just stupid what they, the depth that they have. It's ridiculous. Absolutely. So we've made our way all the way through the six divisions. It is time to pick our playoff teams. And let's start here. We'll start with Jordan. Who's going to win the National League East? National League East, man. I I know it's going to be kind of a a dogfight over there. I really like the Mets. I do. I, I want to pick the Cardinals. I picked them last year. They kind of let me down a little bit with, you know, how they, how they went forward in the playoffs. But, but the Mets are going to be 
really good. I think with Lindor and, and what and what they're doing over there, they're going to pitch. Um, I got the Mets taking it. Okay. Reggie, who you got in the East? Um, I remember a few years ago I picked the Mets, and they started out like 11-0, and 0, and I felt like uh, – like I almost just hopped in my car and went straight to Vegas. And then they, they uh, proceeded to just fall apart from that point on. And uh, so I think I've kind of learned my lesson with the Mets. I like them a lot. I think that they, they maybe sneak into the playoffs as a wild card, but I'm not, uh, I still like Atlanta. I think Atlanta's got the, the national East lockdown. It should be competitive throughout, but I, I think I'm going with Atlanta. Brian. I'm going to agree with Reg. When it comes to prognostication, if you agree with Reg, you got a good chance. So I'm going to go with Atlanta. I've always been down on the Braves the last couple of years, but watching them in the playoffs, it almost felt like when a team couldn't get over the hump and beat the big bad bully, whether it be when Jordan's Bulls couldn't beat the Pistons or the Suns couldn't beat the Lakers or, you know, I mean, you go through all those different teams you couldn't beat. I think the Braves come back with a vengeance. They get Soroka back. And don't sleep on the Charlie Morton and Drew Smiley additions. Yeah. Not so much regular season. I'm not sure they really need them in the regular season. But in the playoffs, those guys know how to pitch in the postseason. And I think they're good. And I think Drew Waters could be a guy, if there is an injury, especially in the outfield, he or Ozuna just can't play the outfield. He is a superstar talent, another young guy they can bring in. I like Atlanta a lot. Well, I'm going to go against conventional wisdom here because I think conventional wisdom has either the Braves or the Mets winning it. I think that it, in a one-off, it's apt. They're they're in a one-off. I think it's going to be the Phillies. Hmm. Wow! I, I like the names hmm. on the jerseys. Now that doesn't mean that they'll perform it like it, but I like the names on the jerseys. Let's go to the NL Central and let's start with Reg this time. Uh, I think they're the team that really did the most to better themselves. Um, I, I'm going with St. Louis. Um, I mean, I know they're kind of a favorite pick. I, I still like Milwaukee. I think Chicago can be competitive and keep the division interesting. But I think ultimately St. Louis just has too much. They they added a big piece, and I think it's going to carry them. Ryan? I agree, with, I agree with Reg again. It's St. Louis. Here's the interesting thing. If St. Louis was in the East or the West, they wouldn't even make the playoffs. Yeah. I agree uh, with that. Because they're in the Central, somebody's got to win the Central, and it'll be St. Louis. I got St. Louis. I am I got the cards all the way in the NL Central. Jordan? Oh, I, I got the Brew Crew. I got I got to be a little different. I got I got the Brewers. I think Yelich kind of reminds everybody coming off the injury that he is still very much a dude, and uh, he's going to put together somewhat of an MVP type performance. I know, you know, you're going to have Tatis, you're going to have some other big names, but he'll be right in that mix. Um, and he's going to lead that team with Jackie Bradley Jr. and Lorenzo Cain, and they'll pitch just enough to get it done. Great. We'll move on to the National League West. And Brian, I'm just going to write in the Giants for you, okay? <laughs> Much as I love it, it pains me to say the team that win the National League West and will be the with the most valuable player in the National League, Corey Seager. Los Angeles Dodgers. Wow. I will tell you, I got, I'm going next. I'm taking the pods. I think San Diego um, with the young energy experienced some success last year, got better this year. I'm riding with the Friars. 
I think the only way the Dodgers get derailed is they don't have the depth they had before. No Kiki Hernandez. Uh, they lost a couple of depth guys. No Pedro Baez in the pen. Some people think that's a good thing, but he did get some big outs. Um, injuries could be a little issue, but I just, they're too good. Reg? Yeah, I'm with, uh, I'm with, I'm with Brian. I mean, Dodgers, they just, they have too much pitching. Their, their starting rotation's too good. I'm not in love with their, the, the back end of their bullpen. I think Kenley Jansen has, has lost a little bit. Um, he's not the same pitcher that he was a couple years ago, but it, it really doesn't matter because um, nobody's going to be able to score until the ninth inning anyway. And at that point, it's going to be, you know, a five nothing ball game. So um, yeah, I just, I got the Dodgers. All righty. We'll move over oh, to the Jordan. American League. Oh, Dodgers, Brian. Dodgers. It's easy for me. Dodgers. Okay. Didn't want you to get oh. left. Somebody, how did Jordan get skipped? Reggie, you just jumped out of turn. I'm no, I, sure I went out of order, Eric. I, I went to the, I sent the wrong direction. That's why you need to do it. And I just need to shut up. So here's the penalty. Here's the penalty. Brian loses the Dodgers. He's got to take the Giants. <laughs> In the AL East. Are we not doing wild cards? We'll get there. Just. Well, who does wild cards last? What kind of show is this? Where's our credit? This is a. This is just it, who, it's who it's a podcast one off. We're gonna we're gonna slip this in, guys. We'll go with wild cards last. <laughs> I mean, we're going to on. the AL East, Reg. <laughs> AL East, and because you're talking out of turn, you get Baltimore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I am. Uh, oh, now I am gonna mad, take. Eric. I am taking the Tampa Bay Rays in the AL East. Who's who's next? You're, Jordan you're of all Jordan things, is next. Uh, organized, apparently. Jordan. You know, I, I got the Yankees, and I know we like the the young talent that the Jays and the Rays have, but I think I think Kluber and Talon actually do make them better. I think they will have kind of a resurgence in what they do, and that that pitching staff will be a lot better, and they can already hit. And I'll take the Yankees. Reg, you're up. Are, are you sure it's okay for me to go now? I can go. Be careful what you say. Okay. The, the next one may be a monetary fine. <laughs> I'm going with Tampa. I just think um, they're too young. They're too good. They've tasted uh, postseason success. They're going to be hungry. Um, probably could have, should have, I don't know, should have, could have uh, won it last year. I think I think they ride that momentum right on into the regular season this year. Um, I, I like the AL East. There's a, there's a few good teams in that division. Ultimately, though, Tampa just has too much. Brian. I'm going to go with the Yankees because they have the best pitcher in the league, Garrett Cole. Chapman can still slam the door, and they just they just score so many runs. They play in that little band box that is Yankee Stadium. The, there, there's an aura, I think, that still exists when they put the pinstripes on in the regular season. I don't think the aura is quite there in the postseason, but I think in the regular season it still exists, and I think they get enough out of their starting pitching that they can uh, win that division. AL Central, we move to Jordan. AL Central, I like the White Sox. They're kind of like the fun, trendy team. I love me some Tim Anderson. I mean, that guy is a baller, and and he's another guy who I think, along with Yelich, is going to be a guy that could potentially put up huge numbers and put his name right in that MVP run. Um, so I like the White Sox. Reg? Oh, so I'm okay. So I, I'm under. I'm learning the order now. I go after Jordan. That's the idea. I'm, you are like slower Jordan. than most. It goes Jordan and then me. 
Yeah, yeah. Okay. You're you're up. Right. So Jordan just went, so now I'm gonna go. Okay? <laughs> sure, sure. All right. Okay. <laughs> I think um, you know, this this division has been Cleveland's division for the last few years. Um, but I think that they uh you know wrote their own eulogy when they when they shipped uh Lindor to New York. Um so I think that left the door open for not the White Sox yet. I'm sticking with the Twinkies. I like the Minnesota Twins a lot. I mean, Nelson Cruz at 59 years old still hits 50 home runs a year. Um, I think Byron Buxton has figured some things out at the plate. He had a great year last year. I think Mitch Garver can turn it around and be a force. Um, you know, that I, I like their rotation. I like their pitching. I think, I think Minnesota gets it done. Brian. I'm going White Sox. Too much talent, too much young talent. I'll tell you a guy that's going to be really good. I think he's going to be the rookie of the year in the American League, and that's Andrew Vaughn, former Cal Bear. Reg, thought you would be all over Andrew Vaughn. Yeah, I'd like to change my pick, guys. I'm going to go with the <laughs> Chicago White Sox. <laughs> he doesn't play any defense, but the guy can from Cal Berkeley, Mr. So Vaughn. He just adds in that lineup that was already scary. And uh, with the addition, to me, one of the key additions that people really haven't talked a lot about was Lance Lynn to the White Sox. Lynn is a solid, steady, good st- starting pitcher, and I think he puts him over the top. Giolito's going to be better. I-, I just think they got too much talent. All right. Well, I tell you what, I think I'm going to scare somebody here because I'm, I'm going to agree with them, and I'm going with Minnesota as well. I, oh, I like geez. the Twins. Um, now, I like that outfield. Uh, no, Reg, you are stuck. You and me, we're, oh, we're going to oh. lock arms on this one. <laughs> um, so now we go to the AL West, and uh, Reg, you get to lead this one off. Oh, sh- shoot. Now I'm all confused. I thought it was Jordan and then me, but now Jordan's not going, so I have to go first. I have to lead off? Oh, man. All right, Eric. I guess I'll <laughs> follow your rules. You know what, guys? I think I – think, uh, I think Houston's not the team, the team that they once were. Um, I really want to see Mike Trout in the playoffs really, really bad. So I'm going to pick Oakland. And uh, I think, <laughs> I think this year, uh, you know, I, I just, I don't know why. Cause they're always, it feels like they're always there, but they've kind of for a couple of years now, always been the bridesmaid, but never the bride. And, and Houston is, is not the team that they, I, I just don't, I just don't, I see Houston kind of going in the other direction. So I like the A's. I think they're still young. I think Eric's right in a lot of ways. I think they get some bounce back years from some of their, their big uh, middle of the order hitters and Chapman and Olsen. Uh, wait, 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 wait. Yes. Eric's right. Came I out of your mouth. Know, I know. I, I immediately regret What it. is wrong with you? Oh, this is recorded <laughs> too. Oh my goodness. Oh, yeah, no, I, you know, hey, even a blind squirrel finds a nut, right? You, you got, you picked that one right. I think, uh, I think the A's take the West this year. Brian, I'm going to agree with Reg again, and I, and it's interesting. A's have had four, including this upcoming season. I think they'll have had four really good seasons, and I think this team might be the least talented of those four teams. Yet I think they're going to win the division the easiest than any of those other three teams did because I just think the AL West is not as strong as it has been, especially Houston. So I like the A's. I mean, not win by like a ton, but I think they'll win by five, six games. 
because I just don't think Houston and the Angels are are good enough, especially pitching wise, to compete with the A's. Well, this will make everybody feel good. I'm going to go with the LA Angels. I think it is wow. time. I think Mike Trout is going to mm-hmm. finally, as Reggie would say, break through the ceiling and actually get into a playoff game and actually win some. I, I got the Angels. Well, Eric, I know I'm not supposed to pick them, and I know they're not everyone's favorite choice, but I think the Astros still got a little bit of something left. I mean, we all kind of wanted to write them off last year in the kind of shortened season. We saw what they can do, and I think they carry that on um, to this season. I think they take the West. All right. Real quickly now, you got three wild card teams. And we will. Two. There's two, Eric. I'd I'd love to pick three. Yeah, you're right. Two. 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 Last year you got five. This year you only get two. You get two. Uh, And this time, this one, it's Brian. You get to start out. What league am I picking them in? Doesn't matter. National League wild cards. We're going to go with the San Diego Padres. There's a shocker. And we're going to go with the defending World Series champions from the last full season we had of baseball. I think you're going to get one more big year out of Scherzer, Strasburg, Corbin, and Soto and Robles are going to dominate with Trey Turner offensively. And I think the Nationals sneak in in that last wild card. Oh, uh, that means that means uh, you think the Mets are going to miss the playoffs. I do. That's pretty. Because they're the Mets. Yeah. Because they no, are the I, Mets. I know. And I can't. I can't. Yeah. And there's a part of me, Reg, that really hopes it's not a great experience for Frankie Lindor in New York. So he comes to the opposite coast <laughs> in the offseason. So, I am going to tell you that in the National League, I am taking the L.A. Dodgers because I'd be foolish not to after I picked the Padres. You know, that would be an idiotic thing to do. And then um, I am going to take the Atlanta Braves to jump in there as well. So nobody has – well, Jordan has the Mets winning the East. Nobody else has them yet. So let's see what happens. Jordan. Here. Yeah, I mean, I think I think we were really only picking one wild card spot in the West, right, because we knew it was either going to be the Padres or Dodgers. So right. for me, it's going to be the Padres. Um, and then my second pick uh, – I agree with Brian. I think the Nationals get in there. I think they still have a little bit more juice. Um, Scherzer will deal. Soto will be a big-time bat, and uh, they sneak in there too. Man. And finally, I, Reg. I can't believe I'm about to do this. I, uh, I Obviously, I've got the Padres. Um, but then as I look, I've got Atlanta winning the National League East, St. Louis winning the National League Central, so I can only pick one more team from either of those two divisions, and I'm going to go with Milwaukee. I'm going to leave New York out too. I'm going to leave New York out and Washington. Uh, I think Milwaukee, you know, they they're good, man. They're good. I think I think Yelich bounces back. I think uh, they've they've done some things with their infield to shore up their defense. I think they're a much improved team. So, um, yeah, I got San Diego and Milwaukee out of the National League. New York Mets do not make the playoffs, in, in my opinion. Which seems to be the general consensus. Uh, so Jordan had him win in the division, right, Jordan? That's right. So for yeah, me, I see that happening too. I just I will pick my two American League wildcard teams, and the first one I'm going to go out on a limb, and I am going to take the Toronto Blue Jays after taking Tampa Bay. And I'm telling you, I don't think New York is going to make the playoffs. 
I don't know why, but I don't think they're going to be there. And then I'm going to take the Chicago White Sox as my other team. And that means I don't think the A's are going to get in the playoffs. Mm. No homer here. Nope. (laughs) Jordan. Uh, Actually, Eric, I agree with you. I do not think the A's get into the playoffs because I I chose the Astros to win the West. Um, So my two teams are going to be the Twins and the Rays. Mm. The Twins and the Rays. So the A's don't get in. The Angels don't get in. Did you have the Yankees Uh, win in the East, Jordan? I had the Yankees win in the East. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Reg, you're up. Uh, see, I had Tampa winning the East, Minnesota winning the Central, Oakland winning the West. I think uh, the Yankees get in. I just think they're too good not to. I think they get in. Uh, and then, really, it comes down to the last weekend of the season between Toronto and L.A., and I think L.A. edges them out. I, I want to see Mike Trout in the playoffs. I think uh, with Otani healthy now, that's maybe a little bit of a boost. They've got some good young talent that we didn't even talk about. Joe Adele in the outfield um, had a really struggled mightily last year. Uh, But I think that we'll see him kind of have, have a little bit of a breakout year this year. Uh, So I think, I think the angels get in. So I've got, uh, let's see the angels, the A's, the twins, the Rays and the Yankees. No White Sox, huh? No White Sox. I think I think they're close. I think next year's their year. Brian. To to join the A's, the Pale Hose, and the Bronx Bombers, we're going to go with the Twinkies and the Blue Jays. So I do not, and I'm a Tampa Bay guy, but I do not have the Rays getting in this year. It is hard. It is hard. You know, you do see often a regression from teams that make the World Series in the year previous. So I didn't even think about that. That's a, that's, that's solid. I like the blue Jays a lot. I do too. All right. Jordan, here's your pick world series winner. Going straight to the world series. Okay. Going so straight I got, to the world series. <laughs> I got a big time rematch and I got the Astros versus the Dodgers. Oh. Big time rematch, big time storylines, all the, you know, all, everything that goes into that, right? I mean, I think I think the Dodgers win it easily, and I think they actually sweep them, and they make a big statement. But I think leading into that, um, with the Astros winning the American League, there'll be a lot of talks on, you know, can they back it up? Can they do this? Um, but the Dodgers ultimately put the stamp on it um, and sweep them in four. Reggie, World Series. Oh, man. <clears throat> oh, man. I think uh, – I think- I think the Dodgers get there again. They're just too good. Um, but in a in a full season, I don't think they win it. And I can't believe – I cannot believe I'm about to say this. I think the team that beats them is the Oakland A's. I don't know why. I just have a feeling. They, they've got a lot of young pitching that really doesn't know any better, and you get them into the playoffs and, you know, in a series-type atmosphere. Uh, they don't know why they shouldn't win, so instead they just go out and win. And, um, mm. man, I just – it sounds weird, but I just have this feeling. Bob Puffer will be putting you on his Christmas card list. So <laughs> there you hey, go, Reg, Bob. I'll, that I'll, one was I'll for you. Parade, Reg. <laughs> there you go, man. I'm there. I'm there with you. All right, Brian, World Series. I got two teams that 
I don't think they ever faced each other in the World Series, though they're two of the oldest franchises in baseball. So one of them's played in a lot of different places. I've got the White Sox getting to the World Series from the American League, and I have the Atlanta Braves slaying the big bad Dodgers in the National League. And they're going to hoist another banner in Atlanta. Atlanta beats the White Sox in six games. They learned their lesson from last year. And key guy, Charlie Morton. Okay. If Charlie Morton is the key guy, Brian, I'm buying you a six-pack of whatever beer you want when we (laughs) – I mean, that's going out on a limb. I mean, you're not just taking a team. You're saying series MVP, Charlie Morton. He's he's writing love letters to Charlie Morton. Remember who was going to pitch game seven. Remember who was going to pitch game seven if we got there last year. (laughs) Going to be Charlie Morton. (laughs) Uncle Chuck. Well, for me, and what's what's good is I, I there is some diversity represented here. Um, I tell you what, it's going to be an all-California World Series. It'll be San Diego versus the L.A. Angels, and I like the Padres. I, I want to they- know what deadline deal the Angels pull off <laughs> to get the pitching – to get to the World Series. Man, I, I gave Charlie Morton as my hero, Eric. Who are the Angels going to get that's going to lock the top of their rotation that's going to get into the World Series? Well, um, who, who's the who's the uh, general manager of the Dodgers again? Who is that? Andrew Friedman. Friedman leaving Dodger Stadium on one cold, wet, rainy evening after a very disappointing mm-hmm. loss when Kenley Jansen blows the save slips and falls, hits his head, immediately calls the Angels and trades for Albert Pruholz and gives up Bauer. There you go. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Wait, 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 wait. So you just rattled off that entire story off the top of your head. But in order to get it going, you had to ask me. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Hey, Reg. Reg. Reg, if that happens... We will all buy Eric a six pack of old Carter. Yes. <laughs> oh my goodness. And I am very comfortable on that bet. <laughs> I'm wondering if Eric had a six pack of old Carter. Uh, I had to, to get to that story. All right. And finally, as we wrap up this edition of our MLB preview, let's talk about the MVP. 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 I gave my MVP already National League. It's Corey Seager in American League. I'm going George Springer. All right. Wow. I think I am going to go National League. It'll be Juan Soto. And narrowly beating out Fernando Tatis. In the American League, it's going to be Tim Anderson from the White Sox. Reg, go ahead, man. Oh, I, I get to go? Okay, yeah, I'm sorry. Okay, got it, got it. My turn. All right. Uh, I <laughs> think National League, um, man, oh, gosh. what um, Makes me want to change my pick, but I'm going to agree with Eric. I think Juan Soto wins in the National League. He's already slated among 
you know, many writers as the next big thing. He and Mookie Betts are, are purportedly number one A and one B in terms of baseball and, and, and their skill level uh, right now in the game. So I'm, I'm going with Soto in the National League. And in the American League, man, I think um, I think in order to, to get them there, Mike Trout has to be Mike Trout. And if he does get them there, it's everyone's going to be hard-pressed to pass him up for an MVP. So I, I'm going with Mike Trout. Because I think because because the Angels make the playoffs, Eric in the uh, in the National League, I'm going to take Tatis. I think I think he just keeps you know adding on to all the milestones that he has. The humongous contract, he'll get the MVP. He'll not only be the coolest player in the league and the player that's the most trendy, but he'll put up the numbers too, and the Padres will be right there. Um, and then in the American League. Because I have the Astros winning the West, and because I have them going all the way to the World Series, I'll take Alex Bregman. That's a good call. Bregman will have to be a dude for them to get there. All right. Soto, I mean, uh, Tatis and Bregman. Brian, remind me of your picks again. Seeger and Springer. You're stuck on the letter S. I don't I know am. why. Superstars. Hey, yeah. Yeah. All right, gentlemen. This has been a fun conversation, a conversation that we haven't had in a long, long time. And for those of you who listen to us, thank you. We appreciate you uh, hanging with us for this extended edition to get in the game. You've been listening to me, Eric Davis, my partner, Brian Nelson, the kid, Jordan Santa Maria, and the professor, Reggie Wright, on Get In The Game. And remember this one thing, no matter where you are, no matter what you're doing, get in the game. You've been listening to Get in the Game, an exclusive presentation of the Blue Chip Sports Network. Get in the game with Eric, Brian, Reggie, and Jordan on iTunes, the Blue Chip Broadcasting YouTube channel, and bluechipbroadcasting.com.